0: Hey yo, this is Michelangelo, you're listening to Fox on the Wire, keep it locked.
1: You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Well, hello everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Fox on the Wire. My guest today is an electronic hip-hop producer, and rapper that goes by the name Michelangelo. Michael, how are you today? Good, man. How are you going? Good, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Um, Yeah, congratulations on
0: hitting. What what number is this going to be? Number 30, 35 or something? This will be number
1: 34. Oh, nice, nice. Good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, it still feels, uh, you know, 34 is not a huge number, but uh, it does take a while to... (laughs) <laughs> to clock one by one up to that number, so well, I can't, can't um, say I've done a podcast yeah, myself. Yeah.
0: So I think it's a pretty big number from where I'm sitting.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good, good fun. So I've um, been looking forward to having a chat with you. We've been sort of going back and forth for I don't know the last couple of months via email and text. Yeah, um, man. Originally, we were going to catch up in person, which is the ideal scenario. But obviously, we're not in a sort of time that we can do that at the moment, so. Yeah, man, the COVID definitely uh, gave us a few setbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. At least we got Zoom and Skype, though.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean,
0: yeah, we're already so connected with, like, all this digital stuff, so
1: it's kind of like living the same life in a way, but <laughs> a little it bit is. different. So um, you've just released a new single. Tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so I've released
0: my um second single. It's called "Nostalgia." It's about sort of like looking back at your life and having some regrets, and it can be a little bit of a trip, but um, yeah, it's kind of like about reflecting on your life and feeling like you're running out of time and trying to get your shit together. <laughs> uh,
1: that's my best way of explaining it, I guess. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. I always um, have a bit of a panic about time (laughs) Um, yeah time ticking by very fast and not being able to achieve or not having achieved everything that you would have liked to by this point especially when maybe a lot of your heroes um you know musical or otherwise have had achieved so much by the time you're at the age you're at (laughs) so (laughs) it's it's a bit of a a crazy thing
0: yeah it's weird man like you gotta i I realize you If you compare yourself to your old self, it feels a lot better. Like, because you don't, you can't compare yourself to other people's lives. Like, everyone has such a different life. And when I think about where I was at back then, it's, I find it hard to regret some things because I'm like, yeah, I've actually, I've actually come a long way for myself Um, compared to somebody else, maybe not. But yeah, you got to sort of keep that perspective, like, sort of remind yourself, like, it was my birthday couple, uh, was it last week? <laughs> I think it was my <laughs> birthday last week. And I, um, I really wanted to, you have that instinct to regret heaps of shit when it's your birthday. You're like, fuck man, I'm getting older. Like, but I thought, the more I thought about it, the more I couldn't regret, which, which felt pretty good. Um, but there's still, i got a long way to go and, um, got a lot of stuff
1: that I want to do. So I'm just trying to push, push hard to do that. It's, uh, easy to look back and judge yourself. Um, or judge yourself at any point, really, but especially when you look backwards and look, I do it all the time too, but yeah, everyone grows a bit differently and at different paces, um, so yeah, um, as long as you're always looking to move forward in some way which you obviously are now, so and probably have always been it's just you're judging yourself harshly, so yeah, I think um, like you know, yeah, sorry, keep going, yeah, well, you've already released two singles this year. So and we're only in April, so you know you're off to a flying start. <laughs> yeah, sort of like um halfway through last
0: year, I kind of hit started this trajectory and just chipped away really hard and just tried to like keep my momentum with everything um, uh, I guess everyone kind of makes that choice at one point and then they start and from then I, I've, I feel like I've been moving towards like getting my stuff out and. Yeah, trying my best to keep everything afloat, even if it's just like doing a really small thing every day that works towards what you're, what you're trying to do, like with your goal or whatever. um, It it works. I think that like a lot of people probably have grown a lot in ways that they don't even realize as well. So um, yeah, it's worth sort of reflecting on yourself, but like doing it in an honest way and and trying to maybe think of some positive things that you've that you've done or that, that how you've grown and stuff. It's easy to look back at things that you can regret and usually in those moments you don't even really know what you're doing. <laughs> so yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, I mean g- growth might not always be an obvious thing on the outside, you know, it's just an internal thing and it takes a while to uh, show that as an external thing, whether it's, yeah. you know, it might be a switch in your body that, um, you know, you want to go and make music but it's obviously going to take you a while to pull that together internally and then make an an external thing that you can release and people actually see it. So
0: Yeah, like some of that progress, um, you kind of don't even notice. Like because you're a muso yourself, you probably noticed it with like even just like oral training, like your ears, how they get better. Like when, when I first started, I thought I'd know when my hearing was like Good, <laughs> but it just yep. you just start. You have this skill that comes, and it just like is part of your senses or part of your experience that you don't. You're not even aware that you're better at it. You just are, and then you realise mm. it through these like things that happen. But it, it ta- you need to have that sort of like reflection or critical ability to look at yourself to
1: even know the good the good stuff that you're doing. Everything takes time to develop, really, doesn't it? Like you might have had a good good ear. And you probably did, but it's obviously just developed further, which is great, yeah, you can always always push something further, I think, yeah, and I think like um,
0: yeah, I guess what I 'm saying is like I develop the way we develop where well, I guess we kind of don't don't notice it because we like are it, we like become it, and you don't really notice that stuff when you 're just living life and doing what you're doing. Maybe it might take somebody else to tell you like, you know, oh, wow, you've like really improved here or like what you're doing seems really good. But, um, yeah, I guess that's just life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think think music's a good way of um, uh, showing the progression of growth, I guess you would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, whether – I guess people would notice it, but you sort of notice it in yourself like, you know, I'm writing a batch of songs now that – I know a more. I'm doing it in a bit of a different way. I'm a bit more conscious of um, the bigger picture or something like that. Whereas before, I was just, I was just writing songs. I was just putting them together however I wanted to do it, and that was kind of it. That was fine. But now I'm a little bit more conscious of a few different things. So which I guess is growth in itself.
0: Yeah. Are you talking about um, having like an – a Large vision for your project and having that sort of dictate everything you're doing inside it instead of like chipping away at like little bits and pieces like in an isolated way. Because I I remember when I was starting, I used to do I used to focus on this one little bit real hard, but not understand like the full picture of like what the song was about or like what what I was actually trying to do overall. And when you think in that kind Mm -hmm. of like macro setting, you make those little decisions that you can get like obsessive about becomes a bit easier or something.
1: Yeah. I guess I'm looking at it like, you know, whenever this song is ready to play live, it'll be on my own. So, you know, how, how can I structure it? So it's going to feel like a proper song or a full song when I'm just playing it by myself or just letting certain sections breathe a bit more, um, Yeah, there's just so many little things. Even thinking about the recording side of things, you know, what might sound good in a rehearsal, like a little section or something, the way you do it, it just may not translate in a recording or vice versa. Um, Just all these little variable things that you just stumble across. So I'm just more conscious or I'm noticing more more of that sort of stuff. Whether... It changes the big picture in a massive way or not. It may not always, but I'm just noticing these little these little things, you know, having had more experience in the studio and in a live setting and, you know, I've been writing songs for, how old am I now? I don't know, like 20 years now, I guess. So, just development. Yeah, man. Like, I think, um,
0: thinking about how your song is going to come across, like, with the guitar and your voice in a live setting is a, like a really, really good way to um, like make sure that you've executed the song because it's like you you want to present it in its rawest form. And so yeah. if, it, if you can make it work, if you can make whatever the idea is translate in that really minimal raw way, then it means that you've probably created a really great tune. And then I guess mm. when you – get into the recording stage, all the arrangement stuff's like additional and you've got this like core tune that really works.
1: Like if you can do it on a guitar, you can kind of do it anywhere almost, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, and like in a way that was the original vision behind my acoustic project, um, which is Acoustic Fox. It was to have um, everything in its or be able to strip everything back to its rawest form, which is me and the guitar and my voice. Um, And then everything else on that, you know, if there's anything else is just sort of cherries on top, but it was meant to be this raw thing. So yeah. Like the
0: translatability of music and the recording and then live. um, I feel like it's really important and, and maybe it's gotten lost a little bit in the modern age, like back in the day, it was really cohesive. So it, each part of the process, like instructed one another. Like the same band that plays live is the same band that you record in a studio, and the same band that, that is part of the arrangement and everything. And it's all like one thing. But now we've got like mm. electronic music, like the stuff that I'm doing, like hip hop or pop artists that have like electronic beats and stuff. And it's like, how can we translate it live in the, the best way so it actually makes sense? Uh, I think like that cohesion is the important thing. Like if you're I don't know. Maybe if you're a rapper, you should have a DJ just playing your track, or, um, yeah, I don't know. It's
1: it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, obviously we're in different sort of fields. Like we're both creating music, but we're in different genres. Like your live setup would be totally different to mine, um, and and studio setup for that matter. Um, so with this new track, nostalgia, you produced it yourself. Yeah, like I um. I made, the,
0: I made the beat and obviously wrote the tune. Um, my brother helped me mix the track. Um, my brother, like, mixed my album because I was like, um, I hadn't really had heaps of experience mixing and I didn't want to get obsessive over it <laughs> because, like, I felt like that kind of process for me at the time would have just been too much. So, yeah, he really helped me out with that one. But so I basically made the beat, my brother mixed it. I ended up mastering it and just getting it like feeling the way I wanted to. And yeah, it's pretty much the way it
1: went down. Yeah. I can't imagine it would be an easy thing. Well, recording yourself, let alone probably mixing your project as well. Like you'd want to have a hand in it or, you know, some feedback after a mix or something like that. But to actually go through the whole process yourself for your own track wouldn't be an easy thing, I wouldn't think. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. Like um,
0: working in a studio, we have all these like different roles, but then in my own music, um, sort of dividing those roles within yourself and like doing all the different parts. But um, I learned a lot from doing this first project that I've done, and like um, now I'm when I'm making beats and stuff. I hate the word beat; it, like makes it sound, makes it sound kind of cheap. But when I'm making like tracks or whatever. Um, I'm sort of mixing while I'm making it now, like instead right. of that traditional way where you like, because the traditional way is like you get a band, come in, whatever, you record, and then you mix it, and then you, and then you master it. Um, with like electronic music, you kind of like pulling sounds from the very start, so it doesn't necessarily make sense to like make a track, like a sort of rough track and then mix it like it's separate. I've sort of brought those two elements together and have been mixing like a lot more um, focused while I'm making beats. So it's like, because um, if you're like a producer artist, there's so much flexibility when you're making stuff in a door and you've got full control over like everything, the, all the tones, all the sounds that you're making. So I think it's really important to like, um,
1: yeah, basically like mix while you're going. So what's the um you probably just sort of explained it, but when you are putting a beat together, like well, how are you doing that? I mean, that's totally something I'm unfamiliar with, I guess. are, are you using a drum machine or what do you what do you do to use that to do that? <laughs> um, what's the secret?
0: <laughs> the secret? oh I don't think I'm like the greatest but I know there's like a lot of really dope. Like producers out there who just make beats and like that's their whole focus. Um, Mm. Let me think about it for a second. Like basically, like to be honest, man. Like I use, um, do you use Logic? No, I use Reaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Some people who use Logic, yeah. Um, sometimes I even just use like stock Logic fucking drum kits and electronic kits and stuff, and just use MIDI, like just play beats in and shit. Um, and then I like shape the drums the way that I want it to sound. Like a lot of people, um, prefer to buy heaps of sample packs and like trawl through samples and find like really great drum sounds and stuff. But I, I kind of just use like, um, I use sounds that sort of start off really full and then I kind of dissect it. So it sounds like the kind of hits that I want. Um, but that'll mainly just be like kick snare and hats and percussion stuff occasionally I use like – I'll get like a breakbeat sample or something and like chop it up and sort of like stretch it out, put it under the beat so it adds that human sort of element to it. Um, Fuck, yeah. (laughs) I go into like crazy detail with the beat making. But basically MIDI, man, MIDI and samples or getting like a drum sample and just chopping. I do heaps of chopping and editing. Um, mm. the sampling is really like, I don't use a sample. I just like do it all in the, the digital audio workstation. I just do it all like on the grid. Um, but the sampling is really where you get creative because you're kind of right. just like, I, I don't know, like, cause you're just breaking everything down and then restructuring it the way that you want. Um, and it's always best for me. Like if I just imagine how I want the thing to sound and then chop it up and try and move it around the way I want it. Instead of just like fucking around until you accidentally find some random thing that sounds cool, like I tend to just sit back and like actually try and imagine something. Cause like with hip hop and electronic production, it's so easy to get like to fall into like just random bullshit or like trawling through sounds and stuff. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's not, not the way to go. Like the same way with like songwriting, you got to like have that overall vision and try and be in your head more than, than like messing around with the equipment. That's my opinion,
1: anyway. Yeah. So all the sounds and samples that you pull from—that's all sort of free to use. Like it's not copyrighted stuff or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's all just like. Well, <laughs> if I did use
0: something that I didn't have the right, I probably wouldn't wouldn't want to say it. But um, no, it's all just like either Logic presets or um, random yep. breakbeat samples that I found online that may or may not be. I might get sued for it one day, but um, I'm, pro- I'm not
1: sure if they're going to blow up that big. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like your um, tracks on Spotify are going pretty well, getting some good streams on there because you've been on some playlists and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely um, – I didn't plan on it doing that well, especially the first track. I was, my, my plan was to like, um, just like release – singles and keep them sort of close together in time to like create a bit of a momentum and um, the last couple of singles that I planned to release for this batch of material were like the, the ones that I found were like really important to me to release so I wanted to like build up a bit of a momentum. Um, the streams was something I was super worried about like I didn't want to have like under a thousand streams where it's got that little... <laughs> The little kind of triangle. Thing. Thing. Oh, I don't want that to happen to my yeah. track, man. <laughs> just, I was so scared of that shit. I was like, if I just get over a thousand, it'll be good. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just went, um, I went hard just looking for like promos and playlist placement and shit. It, it's not, um, I think the heart, the real challenging bit is like finding promo that's relevant to your um genre. Like, I'm still, I think I've still got a really long way to go, especially like especially with socials, man, I reckon I reckon like Instagram and Facebook and stuff is where you really get those fans that are like really mm. connected with you. And um, when I see that start to blow up and I see like more engagement and, and sort of like communication with people on that, I'm going to start to feel a bit more like I've got the fan base that I was looking for. So I, I think the, what I've done with the tracks has done really well. Um, but I'm still. I've got a long way to go, and I, I think that's going to be through like connecting with the audience on socials, and then hopefully when this COVID shit is over, like um, starting to do some gigs and like getting out there and like actually, you know, face to face with some with some people that might enjoy, might connect with the music.
1: Yeah, the the whole socials thing is a whole another uh, job in itself. I guess you would say um, it's insane, man. But- yeah yeah it's just a constant thing and you know even like i struggle to get the right amount of or the enough time to do it properly and then you know even with this podcast man like that's a whole nother another identity on the yeah. socials that i need to and i just can't keep up with it yeah properly. you got like a whole like, grind like, two two whole different grinds <laughs> in one
0: yeah yeah man because i um like i'm a dj as well well i'm not I haven't been doing. I haven't done it for like maybe two years. But my primary thing used to be like um, mixing, like electronic music and shit. And so I had like an alias for that. And I feel like everything has like merged into what I'm doing now with the with the rap stuff because the the beats are kind of like that electronic stuff. And uh, part of me like still wants to go out and DJ like just because I love doing it. But I've got these two aliases, and I'm like fuck man like just doing michelangelo is like hectic like so much work as like no way I'm going to f- try and do a socials for the dj shit I was, like I just can't it's just too much work and and then like producing on the side as well like I attempted to have a socials for that I've just like I've just like dumped it man like <laughs> I figured that if I just do michelangelo my primary thing like I'll just I just want to do it all through there, eh. I don't yep. I can't picture myself being able to do two or three things, eh. And and I feel like eventually one of those things will be like have the most impact and everyone might all the people that are involved with you will probably know you for one of those things anyway at the end of the day, so it's like if they want mm. you for whatever other thing you do, they're going to know you from the main thing anyway, so I figured like my best my best shot at like socials is just doing the doing my artist shit. It's like my most authentic shit, and just like going really hard with that. Um, But yeah, it's it's a serious serious grind. I've still got a long way to go because I'm I'm really shit at Instagram. Hey, I don't I do not know how to get followers on that shit.
1: Yeah, I think it's about the hashtags with Instagram. I think it's a bit more open. Instagram like Facebook. Is really hard to reach people like with your fan pages, um, you know, your like pages, they're just so hard to to get good reach, you know, because I think they want you to pay, yeah, for the reach. Um, whereas Instagram, yeah, you get your hashtags right and all that sort of thing, I think it's a bit more open and it might spread a bit further, but you know, it's hard as well. Yeah, it's really weird, man. Like, I'm still, it's.
0: I feel like with all of this kind of crap, like socials or even like trying to get promotions or like, um, it's all like trial and error and just doing stuff and letting it fuck up until you find out, until you start to get a feel of what works. I heard this guy, one of those like, I can't remember which one it was, one of those YouTube like music guru fucking guys said like Instagram, Instagram, like wants you to keep people on Instagram. So like the best way to make a post is to get people like engaging and actually talking. Like the more time they spend with you is better. So like if you, if you make a statement with your post, like in your caption, it's like, okay, cool. Look at it for a second. But if you ask people a question, then they might like try and answer it. And then they spent more time with you. So it's like, I feel like maybe just a little thing like that, and then it might start to To sort of snowball and get a feel for what for what works, until you start to like get a handle on it. And I think maybe like I don't know, man. I see some people start Instagram and like you know get over a thousand followers in like a few months, and they just it's like they they really blow up quickly. I feel like maybe once you get the ball rolling, it might if you know what you're doing, you might be able to get like some really fast momentum with it. But I I don't think I figured that out with Instagram. Um, mm. Facebook, on the other hand, like, I feel like it's easier to get likes on your page, but it's, it's hard to get people to give a shit about your post. Like you said, you might have like a lot of likes. i got a mate who's got like over a hundred thousand likes on his Facebook and his posts still do like really, they do like nothing unless you boost yeah. it or unless you've like, you, you need to have like this momentous, like engagement constantly. Yeah. Like if you stop for a little while, like it just drops off and no matter how much you got. But yeah, I feel like Facebook, like easy to get likes, but hard to get um, engagement on your posts. But Instagram's like the other way around, like getting a follower who actually stays and
1: they don't just follow unfollow is actually pretty valuable, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the main thing is you're getting some good Spotify streams. So they're actually hearing your content so yeah that, like people can't in the be world a bad thing
0: i've <laughs> been hearing it which is
1: awesome yeah so but you know you're probably like me you don't want to spend most of your day with your freaking hand in your phone and your head down doing this you know i i can do a little bit of it but i just can't do too much yeah of it. It, it's, it's weird um, man
0: like because of the covid stuff um all i've been doing is like sleeping drinking coffee Doing some studio work, like like trying to work on my new music, um, and just like it looks like my head's just in my phone, like I'm just turned into like a psycho who's just like addicted to his phone. But like all I've been doing is like, uh, in a way, I've kind of served two purposes. Like I'm getting more involved in like doing Instagram and all that crap, but also like I feel like I'm connecting more because of the COVID. You got that isolation and shit, and for me, like. Um, I actually enjoyed and started to feel a genuine connection when I was posting stuff on Instagram, instead of like, just trying to post stuff to get people's engagement. I'm like, I'm actually fucking really bored and I'm just going to, I want to say some nonsense or I want to actually talk to people and stuff. So, uh, I realized that with that genuine want to actually connect on your Instagram creates like a big difference. Like people will connect with you if you really want to connect with them. So uh, it's kind of like. I guess you don't want to force that stuff. Like I think people can sense when you like really forcing it out and mm. maybe when you get used to it, it becomes more transparent, like you'd be more yourself on socials, So you would just like start saying whatever's on your mind. Like there's so much stuff I wouldn't have said on my socials that I'd like now just kind of like say something really dumb and just keep it and just post it to see what happens. Like you become more like transparent and I think people connect with that a bit more. But mm. um such a weird thing man like um it's the nature of how we represent ourselves as musicians is like constantly changing with like um technology so um you never know what the next thing is going to be like i know heaps of people are getting on like tiktok and stuff oh yeah um it's like you never know what the next thing is going to be like i haven't even attempted to do like youtube shit like I've got no idea how to get a subscriber on there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, I've um, had a YouTube channel for quite a while, and it is hard to to gain the subscribers because you know you re- you release a new music video, um, chuck it on YouTube, but when you put it on your Facebook, you know I think I don't think you can boost a YouTube link. But if you upload the video itself to Facebook, you can boost that. So yeah, no, Facebook not hates kidding. that man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook hates
0: your YouTube U- URL. Yeah, so. um, yeah. If you upload, I, I was doing that thing like I was posting like a video on Instagram and then like doing a separate post because the fa- Facebook likes it when you actually upload a video. For that. But now I'm just mm. like. I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like um, it's best to focus on, like, is maybe just pick one. Like, if, if you're like a new artist, and you haven't started your socials, maybe just pick one, like, Instagram, and just do that. Because it's so hard to sync up all this shit. I
1: know. I
0: know. It doesn't make sense to have Facebook and Instagram, I reckon. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It's like the same thing, but you're spending like double the time. Like, they're like, owned by the same people (laughs) but you still have to put in like equal effort on both ends um but i think you can do um i'm pretty sure you can do like youtube promotions or something to get your youtube views and stuff to make it a little easier because like you put a video up you can't like i guess you could you could go and like comment on other like pages and shit and try and get people to like notice you or something but like I don't know, it's it's not as interactive as other, as social media, obviously. So it's like, how do you, you can't just like, you expect to just post a video and then like post another video and just keep posting and then people will start following you. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess um, like I've got a, a mailing list, like an emailing list that I send out. And if I'm doing a new video, I'll post the YouTube link on the mailing list, which will then take people straight to YouTube in that way. But, yeah, it is a bit It is a bit harder to boost YouTube. But um, I guess with Instagram, like, you can – if you post something on Instagram, you can hook up your Facebook page to that and send it out at the same time. But I've found the reach – it could, yep. could be just me, but the re- when you do that, the reach on Facebook is even really less bad. than yeah. if you post directly on Facebook. Yep. So, I don't know, man. It's all – yeah it's tough <laughs> it's true nah. No, yeah I, I do that as well. I keep it going
0: i it personally feels like Instagram has got more like genuine engagement so i I mainly focus on that one at the moment like facebook um I've got a lot of friends and stuff who are really who um engage on my facebook page a lot um oh there's a few people actually like I've noticed a couple of faces that I've never seen before like liking commenting on stuff which is really cool um yeah i've just sort of let it sync up recently and i'm um, just focused on instagram we're going we've gone real deep into the music marketing promotion. <laughs> yeah we a have seminar <laughs> on like how to sort of be like <laughs> do music marketing on social media
1: well is it different for different genres of music you know obviously we both do different things. I do like acoustic stuff, you do hip hop and rap. You know, do do fans of that music prefer one platform or another, you know, is there more hip hop fans on Instagram or um yeah, you know, is that a thing? Or is it just Yeah, that's just a good question
0: shout? actually. Like you should uh, it would be good to figure out what platform your genre was like mostly like had most fans engaging with. I think um they're real Aussie hip hop stuff. I feel like it's really popular on YouTube because a lot of the oh, stuff yeah. doesn't actually get released on Spotify. Like it's all like some of the underground mm. stuff. I feel like a lot of really dedicated fans find it on YouTube. I've noticed. Um, and so to me, I'm like probably should put a bit of an effort in on the YouTube video stuff. But um, I feel like it's either YouTube or Instagram. I've noticed with with rappers and there's like, man, the amount of beat makers on Instagram that DM me like every single day (laughs) or every single post that you hashtag something like that's like a generic universal hip hop term. You get all these beat makers commenting, asking if you need beats. I got this one that was like, (laughs) it was like um, 65 beats for for like fourteen dollars or something, <laughs> it was Whoa. like an ad. Like bargain, beat sellers like sixty-five beats for twelve bucks, like royalty free. <laughs> I'm
1: Shit. like, how
0: are these guys making money? Like, I don't know. I get hit up from like produce, like beat makers, and like these weird graphic designers that have these pages that look like they've got um looks like they've taken a photo and, like, deteriorated the image so much that it looks like a um, drawing. And they, like, say that they're graphic Mm. (laughs) artists and they want you to, like, buy their artwork or do cover art for you and shit. So, like, there's obviously, like, a massive market for, like, hip-hop, like, sort of, I don't know, like, massive market for hip-hop artists who are, like, doing cheap Mm. shit or whatever on Instagram. I noticed with Facebook, if you're, like, a local artist and you're doing lots of gigs that's really like the place to do it. Like every, any gig oh, yeah. I've ever found any out about has been like on Facebook, like with the event, you know, you go to the event and you, you, you mm. promote the event and all that stuff. So yeah, Facebook seems like that one where it's like, oh, we're actually going to go to a thing like um, Instagram's kind of like, I don't know, just straight up um, promotional, like visual
1: stuff. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you've got to have a presence everywhere, and then yeah, maybe you just find that one or the other is your main go to, but you've still got to be, you know, if Instagram's your main thing, but you've still got to have Facebook for the event page. Well, so be it, I guess. Is um, is SoundCloud a big thing for the hip hop and rap? Oh yeah, good, scene? good
0: call. Yeah, sound yeah, like the SoundCloud rappers and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've only ever used my Sound well fuck when i was like when i was djing soundcloud was like the main thing like you make a and, and djing is really cool cuz like um if you're a producer like you can you can get a lot of followers and a lot of people engaging with your music by just making dj mixes putting it on soundcloud and like soundcloud was the thing where i'd post all my stuff um and it has that like underground EDM, um audience and it's got the hip hop like it's all it's quite underground though i find with soundcloud like but i've actually discovered um a couple of rappers from there but i've only ever used it for my rap stuff to like chuck demos or like you know if you want to like send a preview of your track to somebody like you might want to collab with someone you want to send a preview i've used like private soundcloud links and stuff for that um but, yeah, I've never tried to, like, get a real profile
1: going on there. Um, yeah, it might be worth having a look, actually. Isn't um, SoundCloud, I think you can create beats and stuff on there too. Is that, is that right? I thought when I was looking into it a little bit that if you went pro uh, and started paying for it, basically, I think you can create beats and that sort of thing on there.
0: I think, oh, could be totally um, I think. You can sell music on there with Pro. Right. But I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's like a, um, do you mean like it's a, like a workstation to make beats on? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that SoundCloud does. I think it's just like a upload your music and, um, post it. And or I guess in a way it's sort of like, um, uh, it's not really like YouTube. It's pretty original, actually. It's like an interactive music thing. Like you post your music, and then people can comment on it, or like it, or like share it. Like a lot of SoundCloud yeah, yeah. profiles will like, if you don't have anything to post that's your own, you'll be like sharing friends or the artists that you're into constantly, and like reposting stuff. So it's like a social media almost for, um, for music you can get you can DM people on there as well. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's like really interactive, but yeah, I've never really used it for this stuff. Um, yeah. I don't want to think about all these different platforms. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just having a quick look now. I mean, I've been using SoundCloud for a while. I don't really
0: You want to use find it, good though, stuff on... that you
1: that you will never hear
0: anywhere else. Like there's definitely some stuff on there, but there's obviously like I don't want to Diss anyone, but there's heaps of trash there because you can obviously just anyone can post whatever they want on there. So, you know, there's lots of amateur stuff. Like my amateur stuff is on there, um, but I think I've, I think I've not made it public anymore, so you can't
1: listen to it. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm just having a look at the um, the pro as a pro as opposed to the free. Uh, I think you can like upload as much as you want. You can like yeah charge. You can, like, make money off it. Yeah, generate revenue from your plays on SoundCloud. Mix the world's largest catalogue in DJ Tools. Ah. Ah. Mix the world's largest catalogue in DJ Tools. That's interesting.
0: Maybe it's, like, a mm. sample library or, like, a or mm. like a royalty-free library of some something. I don't know. I wonder what that is.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause yeah, I found with the free one, it's fine with my music, but I started a new profile for the podcast here. And cause a lot of the episodes are 40 minutes, 50 to an hour long, um, you're, I can only have so many episodes on there, like maybe four episodes until I've used up my entire space. So if I wanted all the episodes on there, I'd have to go pro, but, um, it's not really one of the main platforms that i promote for the podcast anyway yeah so i think it's I'm it, worried
0: about it i think it's pretty good for podcast because like it's um it's a platform that a lot of people are listening to large continuous dj mixes and stuff so like long like a, a podcast goes for an hour would really fit in i
1: think um mm. do you think maybe i should uh focus a bit more on soundcloud for the podcast maybe <laughs>
0: It look definitely looks good. Like Spotify makes everything look really pro though. That's the thing. Yep. Soundcloud makes it look cheap or
1: (laughs) something. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because you can you could upload like a phone demo on your phone that you've recorded. It's very accessible and it's the
0: most like easiest thing to share. Like if I send a friend like a Spotify link, they, they don't want to listen to it. But if you send them a SoundCloud link it's it's like easier to get that instant like I don't know it just it feels like a and like labels or like people who want to hear music it's always recommended that you send SoundCloud links because they're just like the easiest way to get to the tune quicker and to scroll through okay. and check it out or whatever because like if you yeah. Spotify link you want to have an account so it slows you down I don't know like yeah. it just seems like those SoundCloud YouTube's are like the easiest way to share stuff with people. We're, we've mm. gone so deep into like
1: all these <laughs> applications and shit. Yeah. Oh man. Well, it's all stuff we're trying to figure out, and maybe whoever's listening is trying to figure it out too, so they can hear us sort of butting heads and uh, trying to figure it out. So yeah, for sure. Because yeah, like, man, you know, there's a, a lot of different platforms, so it's you know, it's it's can't deny to...
0: like as a musician, like this is one of the uh, one of the tools you got to learn how to use. Like the music part I feel like might be like a one quarter of what you need to get down, and then there's a couple other things that you gotta learn how to do to get it rolling and the the social yep. media or at the very least just call it like promotion or like figuring out how to get people to hear stuff. It's like super important part of it, and um I think a lot of musicians don't want to do it because it's not music, and nowadays like uh you you have to be independent. Even if you want to get signed to a label, you need to be independent prior to that to get that social proof that you're actually like worth selling or something. So it's like yep. it's crucial that you're that you really and when you're independent, you got to be independent. Like you got to learn how to do heaps of shit by yourself and do a lot of stuff yourself. And I, I feel like um, the more you can do on your own, the better you are at like choosing people to collab with, like. Yep. Um, even just choosing like a photographer or like somebody who you, you want their style or something. Um, but worst case scenario, you could probably have the capacity to like choose photos for yourself or, or something like that. It's just always best to like be able to do as much as you can on your own in this current climate where it's like being independent musician So crucial.
1: Yeah. Well, you can do everything on your own, like really i mean look it's all it's always helpful to get help, no doubt about it, and you know if someone was signing you, what's the first thing they're going to do? maybe even before they listen to you, they're going to check out your socials and make sure you're you're on it and you're good at it <laughs> um and yeah, that could be even before they listen to your music yeah, it's like a business like um,
0: if they can't sell you if if you're like the way you look in your visual element doesn't like sync up with your music or doesn't look like something that like is going to be sellable or if they think they're going to have they're going to invest too much time like figuring out how to sell you even if it's just on one thing like figuring out your visual stuff then they're going to think yeah this isn't worth like investing money into like uh, <laughs> i don't know it seems like it's it's a harsh thing but um i think we're still A lot of musicians are, like, living with, like, the old myths of the music industry from, like, 20, 30 years ago or something and thinking that they're going to get, like, discovered and all that shit's going to happen in that way. But it's, like, really not like that. Um, And you need to, like, figure out how to connect with an audience from the get-go and just get get that down, even if it's, like, a few thousand people or something. It's like evidence that your music's reaching people and it's like worth the stories you're telling. Well not I think everyone's story's worth telling, but like the way you've executed it has translated to people. So it's like you know, they can see that what you're doing it might be worth investing in. Mm. Um yeah, I don't want to get too like businessy and stuff was like <laughs> you know, music's about, you know, the heart and connecting and expressing stuff, so in the, when you work in the industry, you get into the industry a bit. You get into these like crazy technical business mindset. It can be like a bit of a buzzkill, I
1: guess. Mm. Well, let's take a quick break and have a listen to this new track of yours, Nostalgia. Uh, Play. what's... Uh- Part of the song, and then we can come back and talk a bit more about it. No worries. Uh, here it is, the uh, new track from Michelangelo called Nostalgia. feel
0: you can't change the past. Feels like I'm a different person. Over the years, different versions. Was that really me somehow? The same guy at 17 right now. Trying to get my shit together like a second chance. But it feels like I'm never going to get it back. The moment right now is the only power that I ever have. I've got to wield my choices like I'm never going to have control again. Went from DJ to hip-hop, back-to-back back songwriting, sing a rip-off. I've got no time to complain. i got to in. Go Breaks past before it's too late. So if anyone's seen the tune... Um... I'll notice it's spelt kind of funny, like N two O. Um, it's kind of weird how the song unfolded because I didn't really plan on heaps of stuff to come together, but it it sort of did. Like I called the song nostalgic because that's like what it seemed to be about. Um, and it's got like a couple of different meanings with the title. Like uh, N two O stands for nitrous oxide. <laughs> which is a a gas that um, they give it to you like when you go to the dentist and they're trying to knock you out. Um, I don't know if this is like explicit information, but sometimes like when you're at a party and you've got some balloons, you're having a good time, um, sometimes nitrous oxide can can play a role and um, it's a bit of a trip. And the song is like a trip down memory lane. the other part of the tune that I didn't know was going to happen, I didn't even realize that I was doing it, which is kind of strange. I probably shouldn't say this. (laughs) It takes away the credit of the songwriting bullshit, but um, the rap starts off kind of spaced out and like slow, like perceivably slow. And as the track goes on, it gets faster and faster and more like intense, kind of like I'm running out of time. And um, they use nitrous oxide in like, car racing shit like um there's a company called NOS and they make these nitrous oxide canisters and you like inject it into a car engine or whatever and I think because like um it burns quicker than oxygen it makes the car like boost off really fast so I figured like the NOS made heaps of sense because the track was like speeding up um so it's like into like the nitrous oxide like the Nang's (laughs) The nos and the nostalgia, and then that—that's why I called it what I called it, uh, stupid like wordplay thing. But I thought it was kind of quirky, and it all came to me after the tune was already finished. so I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll take cool. I'll take this on board." And that's what I'm going to call it. Um, but yeah, that's that makes pretty sense. Much pretty much what it is. Um, yeah,
1: makes me think of Fast and Furious movies. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: not a, I'm not. A, don't get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a car guy at all. I don't know anything about cars. Like I probably couldn't even change Mm a tyre or something if I needed to. (laughs) But um, I know that from playing like whatever game it was, like racing car game, Midnight Club 3 or some shit, (laughs)
1: Need for Speed or whatever when I was a kid. So, yeah, interesting times. But um, in the style of music or the genre of music that you're in, doing things like that, Um, is kind of a thing isn't it like with song titles and um even names of artists and album names and that sort of thing sort of wordplay sort of thing yeah the wordplay um the wordplay thing is a massive thing in hip-hop and i um to be honest
0: i kind of never really liked it because i found it was like um, uh what do you call it sometimes i found it like a bit gimmicky like You're just making like this wordplay, like a party trick sort of thing, and so I don't know. I've never like gravitated towards those kind of lyrics, but when they happen, it's sort of like I don't know. It's like a bit of an accident, and it's kind of a cool thing. See, like whatever, I'll take this on board. Like, (laughs) Um, but I try to like. I find it weird if a song, like if a rap song, is about something, and then there's wordplay in there that kind of t- takes you sideways a bit, to like makes you think of some random thing. And it it's just in there for the sake of wordplay. Like I find that a little bit whack. And um, I hope mm. I haven't done that in my track <laughs> now that I've said that. But if I have, then whatever. But I don't like it when people usually do that. So I don't know. Mm. It's not a thing that I like think about when
1: I'm writing raps for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't get that cheesy vibe from you when I listened to the track and I saw the title and stuff. I didn't I didn't get that at all. Like I'd be pretty conscious of that sort of thing too, I think. So, um, <laughs> you know, I listen to a bit of hip-hop and rap and that sort of thing and I usually stay away from a lot of that cheesier sort of stuff or what I think might be. Maybe I'm not yeah. wanting to judge that, but... No, nah, for sure. It's definitely... Yeah. Um, so what are... Who are some of your favourite... Influences or, or or rap artists that sort of inspired um, you.
0: Kendrick Lamar is like a really big one for me. Like I I feel like I learned how to rap by like basically listening to Kendrick Lamar and like copying his flows and shit and trying to see if mm. I could make the same kind of rhythm as as him. And like he he doesn't just rhyme like in a, the way that the average rapper does. Like he does like alliteration and all kinds of different stuff. Like. So I found like listening to him was like a rap lesson or something. But also like Tyler the Creator, Anderson Pack, especially his Malibu album, um, Kanye West, especially the production and stuff. Um mm. When I was a kid, I was kinda inspired by Eminem a bit, but that's pretty typical for most people. Nas, Mob Deep. I think that's probably, like, the most notable ones for me for, like, rap influences. Um, But I've been around so much different music as well. Like, um, I think it all plays its role. Like, when I was a teenager and I was into DJing, I would, like, specifically, like, I forced myself to, like, I used to mix drum and bass. And I, I only listened to drum and bass, like the kind of stuff that I like, the specific subgenre, and I like only listened to that to try and keep my mind in it. And when I got a little bit older, started listening to like everything, like pop music, jazz, like John Farnham, like any any different, yes, every, every, Johnny. different <laughs> every different kind of music that I loved that I might have like tried to avoid to keep my style really tight. I, when I started, when I fully opened up to everything that I loved and let everything in, that's when I found that my style really got tight, which is, seems mm-hmm. ironic as fuck. But when you're super open, the stuff that sort of makes you you is the thing that clings on to all the little bits that you take from everything, and then that becomes like this real. Um, I, I hope that it, it like it becomes this real unique thing for you because I, for me, I thought if I was too open about what I would listen to, I would get. I get really excited by music and I thought that I would get like drawn into wanting to do that genre and then go do this genre and then change my mind all the time. But actually like by being open, it made my stuff really centered. And So I think it's good to be open-minded as a muso for sure.
1: All the uh, influences spill in in some way or another. That yeah, because it they're, they're Not natural. even notice.
0: You can't choose your influences. Like <laughs> mm. I tried to do that. I tried to force myself into like a – tried to like pigeonhole myself so I had a distinct sound but you can't force that um it it all comes out naturally like you write a tune and sometimes you figure it out like you write a melody and you're like man this fucking sounds like this sounds like something and you might think about it maybe a couple of days later and you figure out like where you might have got that idea from and it. Yeah. and you'd be amazed at some of the weird stuff that comes out um and it always feels like you've stolen a melody or something. But when you go back, it, it's, it's always like way different to what you thought. Like it, it's so far away that like I might take two notes and I'll remember it from like some tune that I heard that I, that I love. And I, I'll think like, man, I, that's where I feel like I got that idea from, but it's only like a tiny portion of an idea that your mind just sort of spews out or something. I don't know if that's like the sampling DJ mind or something or if every musician kind of has that, but you kind of get a sense of like the songs that inspired you like coming out in the new music that you make.
1: You put your own spin on it anyway, I think, and then it pretty much becomes yours, Um, even though you might link it to something you've heard, but no one else will probably hear that. Yeah, You just keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, Kendrick Lamar is an interesting one. Um, I I do like to listen to to rap and hip-hop and R&B as well. Um, I'm probably a bit older than you, I'm guessing, so I'm more based in the older stuff. Um, So when when I heard, like, Kendrick Lamar for the first time, for example, that was quite different. I thought, oh, fuck, he's not even on... He's not even on beat or anything. He's just, um, you know, I, I didn't get it because um, he does it a bit different, like you said. Um, but then when I saw he gets, you know, big props from the old guys like Dre and Ice Cube and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I took it a bit more serious, I guess.
0: Yeah. What was like the first – do you remember the first Kendrick stuff that you heard?
1: Um, I think – What's that? Is it Damn, the album? Yeah, that's his that's the last album that he put out. I yeah. Think, I'm way behind. Like I think I first But yeah, he's oh, really think... like
0: rhythmically he's like really intense. So mm. uh, yeah, that that's what I I thought like every time I heard Kendrick appear on a track I knew I would you would hear like a flow that like I'd never heard before. Like he'd always just come up with these original rhythms and it always blew me away to the point where I was like couldn't figure out what he was doing and I had to like figure out for myself like what kind of rhythm was going on and yeah I found it like a real intense exercise studying Kendrick because he's just such an intense rapper
1: yeah yeah it's totally different like I, I didn't get it at first obviously and I probably still don't but um it's definitely definitely interesting
0: yeah I reckon he's probably like uh, yeah, he's probably like the most, it's going to sound wanky as fuck, but like the most technically proficient rapper out mm. there for sure. Like more than Eminem, I reckon. Some people would like argue with me big time over that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, like I got into early Eminem, um, but I kind of, I didn't go too far with it. I'm, like obviously he's well respected and for good reason, but um, he's not, Definitely not the first one I'll go to listen to when I want to listen to some rap music. Yeah, his new stuff's all like kind
0: of what we said before. Like he's just exercising like rapping skill. He's not like making songs or anything. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Mm. early on he had that real character, like Slim Shady character and his crazy, all these like stories and stuff. But yeah, now he's kind of just a guy who's rapping and wants to. Yeah, it wants to display, like, the intense skill that he's got, which is cool. Like, people love it. Um, But I can't – now I think I've gone through my, like, technical bullshit phase. Like, I can't just listen to stuff for that anymore. Like, it's really boring. Like, I want to hear something that's about – I want to, like, feel what it's about. I'm more interested in, like, the story and the emotions of the songs now. Like, um Yeah, I feel like I'm past the point of like listening to stuff and being like impressed by all the skills and shit now. You know what I mean? Mm. I think like most musicians go through a period where they're like learning and stuff and they get really into that. Um, There's always, obviously you continue to learn forever, but there's a period where you get really obsessed with like technical stuff. And I'm glad to say that I think I'm past that. So that kind of
1: shit doesn't really, I don't get excited by it that much. Do you, um, do you like the old school stuff, like um the 90s stuff, like Ice Cube, Dr. Dre and all that sort of stuff? And even going back before that, like the 80s stuff that I think was coming out of New York, like the, the East Coast. Yeah, do you, man. Do you like all um, that sort of stuff and the stories behind it? I find it really interesting. When I was growing up,
0: like when I was a teenager, um, I noticed quite a few people like I guess, like born in the early '90s or whatever, would probably go through the same period with with hip hop shit. But like, um, I was really into like New York early '90s stuff, like Mob Deep, Nas, um, Wu Tang Clan, all that stuff. Um, yeah, that was the first like hip hop that really inspired. Um, that yeah, that really inspired me. Like, I wasn't into the West Coast stuff so much because I um. I felt like it was a bit – it's going to sound like um, silly because it's like L.A., but um, it's like a bit too Hollywood. Like it's a bit too like over-the-top kind of gangster stories or whatever. New York seemed more like legit or something. It's more mm. sounds more serious. L.A. was kind of like – has a really intense kind of like G-funk sound and all that shit, but um, when I was – Growing up listening to hip-hop, I didn't really gravitate towards that. But now, like, when I listen back, I really, really love the West Coast stuff, um, like Dr. Dre and all that. Like, I, I appreciate, like, all kinds of hip-hop for sure. And I've um, never used to listen to 80s hip-hop, but I definitely love 80s hip-hop now as well, like mm. uh, Big Daddy Kane and, like, um, yeah, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's pretty raw, some of that early stuff. And, yeah, it's funny because, like, which is, yeah, sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I really, like, you can hear the, not, sh- I wouldn't say shitty production, but compared to what can be done now or even not that long after, you know, in the early 90s, like the 80s stuff is pretty raw. And, but it's, it's still great to listen to for that reason. Um, it's very, very street, I guess. And you can hear it, like, you can hear the, uh, how raw it is, and it's come from such a raw place. Yeah, I think and you like, probably don't hear that these days. Yeah, I think some people might hear '80s and think it's like cheesy or something, but like
0: they've got so much rhythm, funky rhythm and stuff. Like in the early '90s, everything got real dull and kind of straight because it was it was trying to be a bit more gangster and like serious. But the '80s had so much flair, like with the rhythm and everything. Um, it's funny because like nowadays. Like using drum machines, eight or all that shit is like really popular hip-hop. Uh, and back then, in the '80s, like they were using all the same machines. So it's kind of like, when you listen back, sometimes you hear stuff that's like almost sounds the same as what we're listening to now, but it's just production has developed so much that it's like, yeah, kind of like, nowadays I feel like we explore so much music from the past and kind of blend it all together into this like weird. Like, yeah, modernized version.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously, that older stuff is still very influential to, um, what's going on now. Same with, um, rock music and just, uh, probably any genre you pick, you know, and people really trace it all the way back to the origins of that style. Do you think there's a difference between hip hop and rap? Um, I think like, uh, I think rap
0: was kind of like, (laughs) oh shit, how do I explain this? I think in the early 2000s, they used rap to describe like hip hop music that was predominantly rapper, but the beat or whatever might've just been like anything like could have been like a pop thing, like Eminem or something. But hip hop is like describes the overall, like the whole culture, like the whole music genre from like the seventies all up to now. Um, And it, it describes like, not just the music, it's like the whole spirit and culture of the thing, like, um, the way that you make the music and like the way that you go about like, yeah, hard to explain, but I think rap just is like, to rap is like the same as saying like you're singing or whatever. It's like rapping is a thing. And I think it's just a word that they might use to describe a genre, which has rap in it, um. You might not want to call it hip hop for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I'm sure someone's got something to argue <laughs> about those two things.
1: Yeah, it's just curious. Yeah. And um, just one more thing on that whole, well, that whole scene. I guess I often see. I mean, it's the same with the greatest guitarist of all time or the greatest rock band of all time. Um, who do you think was the greatest rapper? I'll often see like Tupac or. Um, you know notorious big sort of battle out battle it out for that top spot just off the top of your head um who who would you say w- would take the first spot there um <laughs> fuck the first spot fucking hell um
0: <laughs> i don't know who take the first spot man uh, maybe kendrick honestly like okay. uh, i think i said this to someone the other day like it's, it's a lame list, but I think the best MCs of all time are like Kendrick Lamar, Tupac, Taurus B.I.G., Eminem, and Jay-Z. I like Jay-Z. No matter how much I think about it, those five, I can't, I okay. can't prop anyone yeah. up more than those five. It, based on like impact and like yep. skill, and everything like that, I reckon that those are the top five. Mm. jay-z like recently i've made that discovery like, i never really listened to him before but um until until like a few months ago which is really weird as like a hip-hop head but um just like uh, he's sort of like been in the music scene for like like how long 20 30 years or something almost and he's continued to be influential and impactful and continued to have a good sound and, and hasn't like deteriorated as an artist. And when you listen to his early stuff, there's like some, I didn't even like Jay-Z and then I heard Jay-Z and like he has this weird confidence that makes you just believe that he's like the best rapper or something. Like I can't even explain it. It's like some weird, some weird magic in there. Like when I listen to his early albums, I just, you can't not get on board with it. It's really weird. And I used to hate Mm. Jay Z, (laughs) so yeah, I can't I can't knock him. I have to I have to put him in there. And obviously, like Tupac Biggie, like Tupac, obviously, like the the way he like his influence and like the sort of impact he had, like politically and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Biggie's just like the classic MC. Like he's just I don't know. He's just Biggie. I can't really explain it. And Eminem obviously had that huge huge impact and probably got a lot of like middle-class white people to get into hip-hop and to broaden hip-hop or something. (laughs) And Kendrick Lamar, I reckon now, I reckon he's kind of like the reincarnation of Tupac and he's just like technically like the best rapper I've ever heard. And he's like made an impact in the modern day. That's like, yeah, something different to everybody else. So Mm. That's my top five.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, nah, fair enough. I haven't um, listened to much Jay-Z. I, I usually steer away from him, but maybe that's um, not a wise move on my behalf. His first album, you might like his first one. Okay. It's real groovy. I don't think I want to like him either. Yeah. I didn't want to. I f- fuck. Because like, I was a big- And that's a dumb thing to say. Same.
0: I just there's something about him. I just didn't like him. Um, and I grew up listening to Nas, and they had like a famous feud. And I hated Jay Z because he dissed Nas, and so I'm like, I'm never going to listen to this guy. I and mean, because I'm a Kanye West fan, like Jay Z and him collaborated quite a lot. And so I mm. would incidentally hear Jay Z on a record. And like, eh. But then when I heard his stuff, I don't know, fell in love with it. eh? it's like it's, it's like this piece of hip-hop that I was missing that I hadn't listened to my whole life. I'm like, man, now I understand why people like this guy, but it's something I can't explain. It's just one of okay. those things. Where you, listen to a, you listen to an artist and you dislike it for some reason, but you don't know why. It's like one of those yep.
1: things. Well, I don't know whether to open that door or not. <laughs> I'm curious to chuck on the first album now, but I don't know if I want to like him and I know how stupid that sounds. But... Um... Anyway, it's moving weird. on. Yeah, and
0: yeah. <laughs> let's move on from from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! So a couple of my previous guests on the show, um, you've also worked with two of them being Aaron Shembury and Leon. Have you actually produced some of their work previously? Yeah. Well, um, so Leon's a really
0: great friend of mine. Um, who I had the pleasure of uh, being involved in a couple of production bits and pieces here and there on her album, Uh, recorded some of her vocals and just did a little bit of sound design and stuff. But, um, yeah, my brother's the the real producer on that record for sure. But, um, yeah, me and her are really great friends and she's helped me a lot with um, music promo stuff, which we talked about before. Like, she's really great. Like, she's a real solid self-made um independent muso and she's taught me quite a lot of stuff and i worked on aaron chambray's record did a bit of mixing on that record actually which was awesome because um oh, right. really great doing um the sort of rock and roll genre hadn't worked on that kind of music too much in the past so that was a really great project um he's a really great guy super professional um really passionate about the music scene and everything. Um, and I know he's been trying to help out with the COVID stuff, like making a playlist. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's been really great working with both of those artists. So, yeah, um, it was a, definitely a privilege to work on both of those projects for sure.
1: Yeah, that would have been a well, obviously both projects, but Aaron's record having certain guests on there would have been – you know of um, you know like Ross Wilson and that sort of thing that he was talking about having on that album. So that you know it's huge. So that would have been great to sort of have. Yeah, a hand it was in awesome of that, no doubt. Massive catalogue of all these all these
0: um, Aussie legends on the record. So I don't know how yeah. we managed to pull that together, to be honest. But it's just it's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. And his launch gig was um, absolutely amazing. Outcome. It was awesome. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. doing some good stuff.
1: Yeah, I look forward to catching up with uh, Leon again at some stage because we did uh Skype. I think it was on the first oh, of Jan this year. I think it was New Year's Day. We caught up for a Skype session, oh, far which out. seems like such a long time ago. But it's only well four or five months ago when you actually think about it. But yeah, it feels like a long time ago. So I look forward to catching up with her in person uh, one of these days, and and yourself again. Um, of course so yeah but uh, you've obviously got um, you've got some more singles to release this year that will be also a part of an album you you were telling me yeah well like um, I've got an album done and dusted
0: um, which was awesome to finally finish Um, I spent a bit of time on some of these tunes and yeah I'm really happy with it all and yeah, like I was saying before, it's not a huge album, um, but I wanted to put out quite a few singles and try and keep them get the momentum rolling so when I drop the album, um I get a few people Blur. get a few people's attention or something before I drop <laughs> the album.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 I've got well, a couple more singles have... to go. Sorry. Obviously you have got some people's attention, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah no it's, it's it's been awesome um and I'm currently working on a whole bunch of new material as well so it's like it's non-stop but um yeah it's it's uh it's a weird thing um when you finally start releasing um I know a lot of people work on their material sometimes for years before they even release it and while they're releasing all this material they're working on like album number 3 or something <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. It's a- it's a weird vibe, but um hopefully uh I really want to just start getting it rolling so maybe I can there might be a time where I can make a tune and release it like a month after I actually make it and just start getting closer and closer to real time, just bombing out tunes and stuff. Um but you know, this these this kind of stuff takes time and I think um sometimes artists like race ahead a bit and um they forget that their songs, even though you might have like um what the song's about you might have like moved on from it at the time for the whole bunch of listeners that thing might be really relevant to them so so many ideas especially really old ones or particularly old ones sometimes like you have a lot of inspiration when you're a bit younger and you might dig up some old lyrics um mm. and find some absolute gold in there and it's um yeah it's uh definitely worth revisiting and putting out into the world it's weird it's almost like you're looking when you look at your old material it's almost like it's some some other person wrote it or something and <laughs> as an artist you kind of put on all these different faces to express these ideas but it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what you think at the that given moment of time like you might even think i don't it depends what it is but i was going to say like you might even not even agree with something you wrote about but you still put it out cuz it means something at the time and whatever so i don't know
1: yeah maybe something you wrote you know 5 years ago didn't didn't even though you wrote it didn't make a whole lot of sense maybe you know you come back to it 5 years later and it makes more sense for some yeah, reason but yeah it's fucking yeah, crazy the man. the cycle is a bit of a it is a bit of a weird cycle the the whole timing thing you know a lot of the songs I'm working on now by the time I actually record them and then release them you know they're going to be because I've been working on them for a few months, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll work on it a bit and then I'll just leave it and don't come back to it for six months. So, you know, it does get outdated in that sense pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, by the time you actually release it, it's pretty old in, in your head. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a weird cycle. Um, yeah. It's a, but it's important as well. Yeah. Um
0: it's amazing when that happens, like you write a tune at the time and when you're in it, you, you're trying to like make sense of it. But then later on, you look at it with like fresh fresh eyes or fresh ears or whatever. And <laughs> it's really clear what you meant at the time when you're writing it. It's like when you actually yep. do it, when you're actually writing it, you're you're saying something, but you get too far into that crafty mind and you you can't put your finger on it. It's happened to me heaps with tunes. I look back at tunes and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like it's really obvious what I'm saying, and it's like I didn't even know it at the time. Um, But another thing is like, you'd be surprised at how much more time your material really has. Like I think a lot of artists feel like their material is gonna go stale or lose relevance or something, but you'd be surprised at how long Mm -hmm. or how much you'd be surprised at how sort of timeless a lot of your ideas actually are. And a lot of things are not as uniquely set in stone in a moment of time as you think they are. So, um, yeah. And I think everyone, most musicians are like always working on stuff and there's a period of time that it takes to get things put out to even get people to hear it. So there's always that distance of time. So like, I guess if you're an artist and you feel like you're running out of time or you know, you need a race ahead. Like it's not necessarily true. Like if you if you're being really authentic mm-hmm. with your art and you're you're being yourself, you're being original. What you have to offer is going to have its place
1: eventually. You know. Yeah, like we like we said a bit earlier, we all experience things at different times, and although our moment with that particular thing might have been at a certain time, and by the time you release it. You're past it, or it doesn't. You know, whatever. Um, someone else might pick up on it at exactly the right time for them, sort of thing. So, yeah. like you said, it sort of becomes timeless in that sense. And I
0: guess, like what we just mentioned, then, like, um, I feel really lucky because I kind of put my mute, I put my album down for a bit, and then focused on the release. And and when the tune actually came out, you know, like with the title that I mentioned before, and like. Some of what the song is actually about, which I realized on my birthday the other week, it's like <laughs> figuring out the meaning of my own tune, like maybe a year after I even finished it, when I actually released it, it felt, feels like it's new again or something because I've figured out or because or, there's no, everybody's going to have their interpretation of the art and including yourself, it's really weird, like you'll have your own you have your own listening experience of your own shit and so like when you release it you do you can have this like brand new experience with a song that you've already written which is really really cool and um yeah fortunately for me i, I think i've been lucky that i haven't i don't know i've sort of like i was worried that i was going to get sick of my old shit or think that my old stuff was like not that this is old stuff but like I'm working on newer stuff now and I was worried that I would like lose uh you know, lose the vibe for some of my older stuff or something. But um I I feel like I still really love it and look back at it and, and find new things to appreciate about it or something. Even if it's like not perfect, you look back and you think like you can see really clearly where you're coming from and you sort of appreciate it almost like this different person, like this younger version of yourself and you're like you have a new love for it. Cause it's like, you're not judging yourself as hard anymore. You've like moved past it. So you got a more clear head about it. So it kind of works mm. out. It kind of unfolds in its own weird way. Uh
1: mm. It's kind of strange, but yeah. Well, it's all part of your journey and your stepping stones to get to where you are now, wherever that might be. Yeah, um, And it makes sense in a different way. Like I find it, sometimes i can't make sense of my own songs even though they've come from me especially um straight away it's sort of when you look back at them like you just said maybe a year or five down the track you sort of make a bit more sense of them um even though it's come from you you i struggle to sort of make sense of them (laughs) sometimes i think because it's you're just letting it come out naturally i think and um Yes, That's I know what just you mean there. Spilling man. out of you.
0: Yeah. I've had creative blocks because I've tried to like make sense of certain lyrics that I'm saying that have just come out. And I recently, like, I've, I've been trying to just let that random shit just be what it is, just come yep. out and just leave it and just let it be what it wanted to be at the time. And yeah. like it's like this weird mystery. Like I you don't know. I don't even know what the fuck's what this is yet. Um, but it's kind of liberating because you don't have to like figure out everything in one in one go. You can kind of let your um song be what it wants to be. And also, you can like I came to this realization recently. Conversation I had where like you don't have to personally own your lyrics like sometimes your lyrics can be you could be being you could be like interpreting like in your performance you could be like a character or somebody who isn't you saying stuff like there's some lyrics that I've said that are from perspectives of like different people and shit and I'm worried that it sounds like I'm saying it (laughs) and if you let go of that you can really let yourself say a whole bunch of stuff that you might not have explored because you're like not worried about like your personality or something being part of it. Like you're just kind of letting the songs be what they want to be
1: without yourself getting in the way or something. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Kurt Cobain um, because I think his lyrics, well, they still do and they used to get sort of picked apart, but I remember him saying something like just because I say I in the lyrics doesn't mean I mean me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 crazy. And not all lyrics have to make literal sense. So I think what you said made sense, you know, just just letting it be sort of how it comes out. Um, just just let it be if it works for the song, just let it be. So it doesn't always have to make absolute sense, I don't think.
0: Yeah like it's an expression and yeah when you're trying to make when you're trying to express something there's room for exaggeration or like maybe changing character or maybe like doing something i don't know like i don't think that i'm definitely not vouching for people to be like fake or inauthentic or something because i think when you let these natural ideas come through that is your authenticity, like, as an artist expressing stuff. Like, you definitely shouldn't, like, I don't know. Pre- I think when you're faking it, it's really different. Like, you're actually thinking about mm. it. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're you're planning it. It's like, it's not the same thing. Like, letting yourself express no. something is really different to, like, sort of faking something, I guess.
1: So, um, yep. it's yeah. It's hard to draw that line, though, isn't it? Like, now that we're talking about it, yeah. it's hard to clearly spell out exactly what that is but i know what you're trying to say so it's like letting that creative thing come out freely without any of your own uh, judgment or like just just leaving that filter open to let out whatever's coming out um even if it doesn't make sense or even if it is exaggerated or something like that doesn't yeah. mean it's fake like it's
0: kind of like uh, we express our experiences in life it could be like expressing something we've seen or seen in somebody else or whatever. And uh, I, th- I think it's really easy to let yourself get in the way of that. Yeah, um, But obviously like on the flip side, like as you could imagine with rap music or something, you could expect a lot of people in rap music putting on like bravado that's like over the top or talking about, Violence and intimidation, or something like that, going over the top to the point where it's like, um, it's not so much an expression, more like a, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't really want to judge, judge that either because maybe in its own way, mm. it's an expression of something like aggression or expression of like, yeah, that's a really weird one, actually, like talking about the potential of somebody like faking it when you're being an artist because like if you look at like i don't know marilyn manson or something he's like a full character you you don't want to Mm. you wouldn't say that he's faking it you say that he's it's a a full-on expression um Mm. and so i definitely don't want to bag out i don't know maybe what i said was wrong like maybe you can't fake it in that sense it's like a performance
1: yeah yeah no i know what you mean like yeah, obviously, like Manson or Alice Cooper, they're putting on a character, and it's it's fake, but they're not faking it. Yeah, <laughs> it's something they've created from a from a real place. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? We're, we're backing ourselves weird. into a corner here. Even when you're being you, like
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm being myself when I rap, but like you, you're you're being hectic. Like you're being more hectic than you would like. What in real life? I feel like I'm pretty chilled out, like I can be kind of neurotic, but I'm pretty chilled out and like find it hard to say really heavy things, but when I rap, I turn into sometimes I turn to this like psycho, and it's like mm. um it's it's really weird, but I feel like i'm I'm speaking my truth or saying, so it's a definitely yeah. a, it's definitely a hard thing to put your finger on um, and yeah, I think I don't have the answers to be honest.
1: <laughs> nah. It's good to talk about, though. It's good to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, So have you got a a sneak peek for us for the next single? What do you reckon? An exclusive here on Fox on the Wire? All right. All my mates are telling me to put this tune out.
0: Like, I think it's it's my favorite tune of the album. Um, It's called More, and um, it's basically just about wanting more from life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't have any other way to explain it. Um, I really love this tune. It's resonated with all the people that I've like showed it to and um, I'm really excited for it to eventually come out. I'm not sure when I'm going to put it out, but it's coming. But, yeah, I'd love to give you a sneak peek of this tune. So, yeah, I well, hope you like um, it.
1: Let's finish the show with this tune. It's been really, really awesome to talk to you today, Michael. I think we could talk for another... Yeah, man. if I'm being honest (laughs) yeah I I did not Um, expect so much
0: chat but it just came out I just yeah yeah we've covered a lot of topics been
1: great been great to bounce some stuff off you um you know uh, especially being a different in a different genre but obviously there's a lot of ways we can relate too so absolutely yeah yeah,
0: thanks so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure and um, super insightful chat.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to it. But yeah, it's been really great to chat to you. So um, awesome. look forward to catching up again at some stage. Maybe when you when you drop the album or uh, you know a couple of singles down the track, we'll we'll catch up after all this COVID shits over. And um,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. Another, Let's do it.
1: Chat. Awesome, man. All right. Well, this. Uh, this is your next single called More. Um, definitely something we can all relate to by the sounds of it. So, um, yeah, everyone check out Michelangelo on his socials. Um, we'll put some links to those in the show notes. And uh, obviously you've got a few tracks on Spotify. Definitely worth checking out. So here's a sneak peek at, the, at uh, Michelangelo's next single called More. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, man thanks everyone for tuning in and uh hope you enjoyed today's chat catch you later bye
0: eight chords what are you making that face for I'm a my high, you need to take more feeling bored cut the cord am ever gonna get myself off the floor level can you get me up to yours I need something more I need something more need I'm a useless cunt, uni shooting, bit of stupid fuck If I sleep here, will they take offence? I can't pay for brunch, but okay, whatever I'm jacking off, trying to get endorphins Son of God, like a fucking orphan Writing code, but I can't record it Normal life, but I can't record it